0: Welcome to another Wannabe Entrepreneur, the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. Today, I need to make this one quick for multiple reasons. First of all, it's super hot in here. I am now checking my thermometer and it's 27.5 degrees. And to record this properly, I need to close the window so there's no breeze. I need to turn off the AC so that it is quiet. Yeah. Because of that, it needs to be fast. Another reason is that we don't have a lot of time. We don't have a lot of time today. I need to go and practice Muay Thai. And uh, yeah, it's going to be in 30 minutes. The class will start. So yeah, let's just get started with today's episode. And I want to start with a huge celebration, a huge milestone that John and I achieved with pot Squeeze. Are you ready? Are you ready? We have just reached 100k ARR. Yes, not MRR. I'm always making this mistake. 100k MRR would be amazing. But 100k ARR is quite cool. You know, my startup has now reached $100,000 per year. That's amazing. That's something that I never thought it was possible, especially in such a short amount of time. As you know, we started Pod squeeze in in the end of February. Actually, more kind of mid-March. And uh, I don't even know how many months. So we have March, April, May, June. So it's like four months. Okay, maybe five months. Five months. And we have reached this far. So... It's amazing. It's really incredible. I was just celebrating on Twitter. If you follow me uh, on Twitter, WB Tiago, you probably saw that. And it's always fun to share this kind of post because you always get a lot of traction and you get a lot of new followers. So I have been really into Twitter lately, at least for the past week, for one main reason, because I've been bored. Yeah, you know... Even though it's amazing to be indie hacker, even though it's definitely the best job I've ever had, there's still parts that you love and parts that are kind of boring. And at the moment, I'm working on a quite boring feature. Boring, but really, really important. So if you remember last episode, I told you that our MRR was going down. When I was in Madeira with Drown, our MRR was going down because we lost a few big clients. So we started to kind of prioritize this and we decided that it was time to make a change. And first of all, try to figure out why was that the MRR was going down. Um, We figured that we had 20% churn, which is a lot if you think about it. It's really a lot. 20% churn means that in five months you have like all of your customers just refresh. So, yeah, that was a bit worry. Uh, worrying. We were a bit uh, worried about that. So we decided to implement a bunch of features to help us uh, mitigate this and also understand it. So one thing that we did was to we created a form so that when you are about to cancel your subscription with PodSqueeze, we basically give you a bunch of options and you can select why you are leaving. It's either because you are... Downgrading or upgrading, yes. uh, Our first version of our pricing is very simple. So if you want to upgrade, you need to first cancel your current subscription. And then there's other reasons, like you found a better alternative, you are just not using PodSqueeze anymore. Um, And so far, we, we figured that most people that actually are canceling through our website, because you can also cancel through Stripe. But if you are canceling through our website, you are doing so because you want to upgrade, so that's cool. And the, the second main reason is because you're just not using PodSqueeze enough. That is worth for you to pay a subscription. Now, one thing that is important is to compare your churn with other similar products. And you know that we have a lot of competitors. Uh, however, we do not have a good relationship, or not good or bad. Like we don't have, we don't know anyone that is a competitor. I mean, there's a few that we follow on Twitter, but we we don't speak. And uh, so it's hard to know if they have a good um, churn rate or not. However, there's tons of AI-related products, right? You know this. And uh, we can somehow make a a comparison and say, okay, uh, we have this product that is highly AI-related and there's other products like that. What's your churn? And it turns out that the churn is quite high for all AI-related products. So it's around 20%. So in that sense, I don't know, that that kind of um, gave us a little bit of assurance that we were not doing anything wrong. It is just what it is. Now, why is that? I mean, I think it makes sense because AI is such a new thing in a market that people want to try it, right? People don't want to feel that they are uh, they have FOMO, right? They they want they don't want to feel that they are falling behind, and because of that, they want to try this product. So they they check out Podsqueeze, they think it's amazing, they start using it, but then they realize that uh, there's still a lot of work, or or maybe the results are not good enough. Well, if that that would be the case, I guess they they would uh, select that option in our form. So I think then the main reason is that they just figured out that they don't they are not as serious with their podcast or they. I don't know, they just think uh, that it's not worth it paying the money. So yeah, there's still a lot of experimenting around. So I guess it makes sense that the churn is a bit higher. However, we still have to figure out how to mitigate this. And one of the things that... uh, Actually, what would you do? Let's take a slight pause here. Like Try to think what are the things that you try to implement in your product to mitigate the churn. One thing that we did, something that is uh, present everywhere, something that we were kind of postponing, but now it's time to do it, is to create yearly plans. So instead of you committing to a monthly subscription, you commit to a yearly subscription. So you pay in advance the whole year and then it kind of uh, renews every year. Now, I... Uh, When we had this idea, the idea of uh, implementing this plan, we thought, okay, this is cool, but we thought that this wouldn't work. Because AI, there's so many competition. there's so much competition around, and it's it's, uh, a product that is evolving so fast that it's hard for people to commit for a year. Because what if there'll be a better pricing or a better product? So they really need to trust PodSqueeze, ...to commit for a year. So we thought that it would be a long shot. But still, we would need to try it. So we also gave you a great discount. So basically, if you commit for a year, you get two months off. So in many ways, it makes a lot of sense. So that's kind of uh, what you, we give in return for people trusting us. Uh, because it's crazy. I mean, we are just making a commitment of a year with this person, with this user... ...in the AI world. So it, it's it's kind of crazy. So with that said, I implemented it and I kept the same logic. So you always have to cancel before upgrading. And we waited. We waited. I didn't have any any expectations, to be honest. I was busy implementing other stuff. And then yesterday, Joel said, hey, by the way, did you check? Uh, we actually have already a few yearly subscriptions. It was crazy. I just ran to my phone and I opened Stripe's notification and it was true. We had already people subscribing, especially to the um, to the starter plans, so the plans that are a little bit cheaper. So like, I don't know, they would immediately instead of paying 15 bucks per month, they would pay 150 or like 200 bucks at at once. So that's really cool. Um, I was excited, but even more excited I got. Even more excited I got. No, that's not, that's not Yoda, is it? Excited! Like, okay, sorry, I cannot do your that. I got really excited when today I opened my Stripe notification or my Stripe dashboard, and I just saw a huge spike. It's like, what is this? Crazy thousand three hundred dollars. We got our first yearly agency plan. So agencies plans are the ones that uh, for agencies, right? Like the name says, and people need more minutes, so they need they intend to pay much more. So this person this user just paid a thousand three hundred dollars at once to use our product now this is absurd i mean this is crazy it's crazy that we're able to make something that people are willing to commit especially in this in this highly volatile tech scenario which is ai they were able to and they and they were they just deposit all of their trust on us, so that, that was amazing. Um, so that that made us really really happy. And uh, our MRR is growing again. Of course, that we still have a lot to do to reduce our churn, but I think this was a great step in the right direction. Plus, having all of this money at once helps a lot. Helps a lot uh, if you want if we want to invest in the company. Uh, and uh, maybe higher and or try to take things a little bit more seriously because yeah having this cash is is great another thing that is, that is crazy so about the fact that we just reached the 100k mrr i don't know i always thought that having 100k mrr meant that our company could be valued or could be sold at 10x i don't know i've always heard this 10x number being thrown around, thrown around on Twitter, but I have never actually saw a company being sold by 10x. I think much more reasonable than that is to be sold by like maybe 2, 3, or 4x. I think with AI, I imagine we could even reach uh, 5x, which, which is crazy, right? So let's say that we were able to 5x our ARR um, and, and sell the company. That would mean 500k, half a million for a bootstrap company. Uh, splitting by 2 it would be 250,000 for me which is great it's it's um it's not life changing my i mean it, yeah it's life changing money uh, of course that you cannot live the rest of your life with that money but you can just invest it you can buy a house you can do a lot of things that will put you financially in a much much better position and that's something that is very different than a 9 to 5 job right um I was just chatting with a friend and uh, he was telling me that he was making, I think, 5k or... It's normal, right? Especially if you work as a freelancer, as a developer, you make tons of money. So it's, it's easy or it's common to see people making 80k, 100k salary and... If we think about that, and if, if you think that I am also a developer, the fact that I am now making 100K with my own company is not that spectacular, because maybe I would be able to make the same amount of money by working for others. But there's one thing, there's one thing that is missing here, which is I own 50% of this company. So it's not only the salary that I'm able to get, is the money I'm able to get once we sell the company. That's something that people with 9 to 5 gigs, they don't get. I mean, sometimes you get a slight small percentage of the company, but it's never anything that, you know, again, it's not life-changing. And in this case, it can be, right? So we need to think about it that way. We need to think about, okay, it's our salaries plus the money we can make if we sell the company. So I was actually uh, chatting with... um, with Mark, uh, Mark LG that I also interviewed in the podcast, because now I'm trying to get more interviews. And I, I, I want to start this new season of interviews of the WB podcast where I interview people that have already scaled up bootstrapped companies, because that's what I want to learn now. So I was trying to convince Mark to to come on board and, and speak again about that. Uh, he was not uh, too much into that, but he, he did give me an advice, uh, a very interesting one. He told me that If it was for him or if it was him, he would sell PodSqueeze, which is crazy, right? I mean, we are growing like crazy and, well, not like crazy, but we are growing and everything is going fine. Why would we sell? Well, his arguments were quite convincing. He just told me that, uh, or he told me that, um, yeah, this is a highly competitive area. Every week there's another PodSqueeze-like product. At the same time, we are bootstrapped companies, so we don't have the VC money maybe to compete to big products, which I think for me, it's one of the biggest dangers of this business is when big companies like Descript or, uh, I don't know, Zencaster and Spotify even, they create their own pod squeeze so, and maybe make it free, right? So that's something that scares me a little bit. I don't know how big of a threat it is. Uh, it's hard for me to kind of predict that, but yeah, it is a threat. So yeah, given that, and given the fact that we are growing, now this is the best time to sell, right? Maybe you can even sell to one of these big companies and we could bank a lot of money. I don't know. Uh, For me, when I thought about that, I immediately said, no, makes no sense because I'm also learning, right? As As you know, the wannabe entrepreneur brand it's because and the reason why i call myself the wannabe entrepreneur is because i feel that this is a craft that we are always learning you it's there's so many variables it's such a hard thing that we never really stop learning and i want to become the best entrepreneur i can be and and to do so i need to be exposed to multiple situations and one was when i was basically Trying to bootstrap the company and, and find product market fit, and this is another one. Now I found product market fit, and I, I want to scale my my bootstrap company, and uh, I need I need to learn that, and being exposed to this, being exposed to leading such a company, something that we one does not come by easily. So I don't see only about the money I can make now by selling the company. I see that I would be losing the opportunity to learn. But either way, I, I tried to share this with Jerome, my the co-founder, right? Uh, because I want to see his opinion. And I was quite surprised when he said that he would consider it. If someone, he even said like, hey, yeah, if someone would give me 100K or like for each one of us, let's say they would give 200K for the whole company, I would just sell it. I would just sell it because... I could just bank this money, I could invest on or maybe start something else, which kind of shocked me a little bit because, I mean, it makes no sense for one of us to to want to sell and the other one to just push to continue, right? Uh, I think it's something that both founders need to agree upon. And obviously, it's impossible for me to buy this company out of him, right? So... Um, yeah it, it it was an interesting made, made me think a little bit, and i I started questioning a little bit how committed he was to the company, uh, which is simply again completely fine. i I totally get it. And I also get his point. What he just said is like, yeah, what Mark told you is right. We are in the best time to sell. Because we do not know, we cannot predict how th- this company will grow. This very competitive market, AI is very um, like it's a new trending topic. We don't know if it, we are just hitting the peak or or not. We don't know. So, since is is a kind of person that does not like to take risks, it makes sense that you would like to sell. And to be honest, maybe that's the best decision. And it's funny because this I really think that João is. The best co-founder is really good, uh, very focused, very entrepreneurial, and he's not afraid to take these kind of risks. However, and this might contradict a little bit, but he's also very risk aver- adverse, 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 how do you say this? Anyways, he- he's trying always, even though he-, he-, he likes this and he always tries to mitigate the risk. And I think this is great. And we have been trying to do that since the beginning with PodSqueeze. There were so many times where we could have gone with a more risky solution. Like when we went with um, in the situation where we were pitched to do a AppSumo campaign. I, I did an episode on that. And in the end of the day, we decided not to take the risk. Because yes, the reward could be big or it could also be catastrophic. So... I always feel that being a good entrepreneur is as well, as well to be good at assessing risk and not taking unnecessary risks. And that's something that I believe we are good at. And a lot of that is because of João. He's really good at taking a chill pill and analyzing things and not putting ourselves in, into harm's way. However, because of that as well, he... It's, I think it might be harder for him to commit, right? So for me, I'm like fully, 100% committed to PodSqueeze, and he is as well. But I am like full time. Like I, I take 30 minutes to record his episodes, and that's basically it. All the time I spend on like the rest of my week is either to to be my family and friends and and to chill or for PodSqueeze. And but for Joan, it's a bit different. He's more into Work like he, he still has a lot of his um, freelancing gigs, and yeah. At some point, I was kind of I don't know, I was questioning. I was questioning, I was thinking, Hey, is it uh, does it mean that I'm just working more? Does it mean that I'm more committed than him? And it, it's crazy, you know, like this, yeah, it is like being having a co-founder is really like having a relationship, it's a relationship, and a lot of people compare this with a marriage, obviously it's not exactly the same, (laughs) but there's a lot of similarities, like we are always talking with each other, and we support each other when we are down, or, and we celebrate the victories, and we are in this together, so there's also like kind of more awkward moments, moments where we don't see eye to eye, like in any partnership, and you need to figure out a way to navigate, so that's kind of what was happening. Um... And I thought that by him having the freelance gigs, that he was kind of going to this with a parachute. Like we are both kind of flying a plane, a plane that we build ourselves, but he's w- wearing a parachute and I'm not. Uh, and what that, does that mean? Does it mean that he does not believe in the plane or it's just like, okay, just in case I have this. So I think quite silly of me, I was questioning that. And yeah, I think that kind of led to awkward moments, <laughs> but I think it's important. It's in these circumstances that we grow. So one thing that I like to do when when I don't know what to do is to meditate. Yeah, I just sit down, I take a few deep breaths and I start questioning. I just go into my mind and start and try to understand why I am feeling whatever I'm feeling at the moment, and that always helps, it really helps for me to figure out a lot of things, and I I did that exercise, I sat down, and, I don't know, at first, when I had this conversation with John, I thought that what I wanted was for him to stop doing any freelancing, eventually, and to focus 100% on PodSqueeze, I thought that's what PodSqueeze wanted, or needed, (laughs) what PodSqueeze wanted, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an entity now. Yeah, what what PodSqueeze is needed. But at the same time, that didn't add up because I it works a lot. So in order in order to keep working in this freelancing and in PodSqueeze, it makes crazy hours. And it's up to him if he wants to do that or not, but it shouldn't be me deciding how we spend these hours. So at, some time, at the same time, it didn't make sense that I had this feeling. So that, that's why I, I was doing this introspection. And I don't know, what I came up with was that I I sometimes really want to manage things and and control things. Uh, The reason why I'm an e-hacker and I never felt 100% happy working for others is because it wasn't my thing. I think probably that's something that we all in the hackers have. We have a big ego in the sense that we want to be the ones responsible for the success of our product. and because of that, I feel that I tend to impose my ideas more, more often than João. And I think that's also why this works so well, because uh, if we had two people that wanted to impose their ideas, then the project wouldn't go, wouldn't continue. But at the same time, and this is a bit crazy, but at the same time, I also felt that I wanted him to take the initiative and that that was my problem my problem was that i thought that he was not taking the initiative and for some reason i thought that the reason why was because he had, he was just too busy with his freelance or was not committed enough because of the freelancing which is wrong i think the reasons are uh, there's i think maybe the, the main reason was because i was just imposing too much of my ideas Taking too much control, and yeah, I want to change it. So I think probably the best solution here is for everyone to have their own realm, right? So maybe I'm more focused in the dev parts, and he's more focused in the marketing part, and I want to give him like full autonomy there, and just like let him fail, let him try everything. Uh, like I am doing in 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 the dev side uh, and we are both here to make this succeed we need to trust each other and, and know that we are both that our goal is to to grow pod squeeze but I want him to take more responsibility for that area and then um I think this works. I think in, in, in the end, this will work. We also have like, we just do, right? It, it makes no sense to have, hey, you are CMO, I am CEO, and you are CTO. It makes no sense to have this kind of uh, positions because we're just doing a bootstrap company. But I think it's good that everyone kind of plays for their expertise. He's very good at making brands. He made a lot of brands in the past, very good at marketing. So it makes total sense. Like, he's the right person to lead that, right? And I'm, I'm better at maybe... Um, I don't know, the dev side and and maybe building products. And then there's a point where there are realms that we both work in it together. And then we have to discuss with each other and decide how we should go on. So yeah, this is kind of awkward, I think, to talk about, but I think it's important. Uh, And if you have a co-founder, you will find this situation. Situation where you don't see eye to eye, situations where we have to compromise, And you have to learn from each other. So I think that that was a great opportunity to learn. And uh, not only for us, you know, as as partners, but as as well for myself to to learn how to let go. Yeah, so that's basically it. I don't have much more time to speak about uh, the indie world, my indie world, but... um, yeah, I wish you a great rest of the week. And if you have any questions and uh, or you want to share your opinion on my products or this podcast, DM me at wbtiago. And uh, yeah, that's it. This was another Wannabe Entrepreneur. See you next week. Please share this podcast with all of your indie friends. Thank you.